Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Week 15 in the books. There's two weeks to go, and then the best time of the season, the playoffs right around the corner. Josh Hill, our editorial director. Good to see you, Mr. Hill. Hello, hello. All right, we start all the way back on Thursday night, which to me feels like three weeks ago. But it's the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Jets, and this game should have just been put in the win column for the Ravens before they played it. But Lamar Jackson does it again, 42-21, 12 wins now for the Ravens, five touchdown passes. This was men versus boys, Josh Hill. It was. Not bad for a running back, right? Yeah. This whole narrative keeps going on with Lamar Jackson, and they're not going to win because he can't do this and that. And now it's, well, they should have won because they played the Jets. It's like, well, look, Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback in football. The Ravens are the best team in football right now. And they you win games convincingly like this when you are the best team and you have the best player like well, hold, it's, hold, it's the Ravens hold, hold on a second did Josh Hill editorial director just call Lamar Jackson the best quarterback in the NFL that's a big right step. now he is right now he is so if you had one game to win come playoff time this year mm-hmm. you're taking Lamar Jackson in that Raven system yeah I'm taking him in that Raven system that's a huge statement and if I was a Baltimore fan watching this I would uh be very excited. At well, what evidence do you have that they wouldn't win? They've lost twice this year, and one of them seems like eight years ago they lost that bad game to the Browns. So Lamar Jackson's in a perfect system, st- and the Ravens have built around him. They just they don't lose. They are matchup proof. It's insane. Uh, listen, I love the Ravens. I've been on the Ravens for a long time here, uh, and you've been supporting me to stay on the Ravens when, yeah. when people were saying, don't be on the Ravens. But I still want to see... It happened come playoff time before I'm willing to say best quarterback in the game. And that's a huge statement. But yeah. he was awesome to watch again this week. Uh, the Ravens 12 and 2. We move on to the New England Patriots, who actually did uh, make this interesting for a second. 38 17, though, they ended up, um, I'm, I'm sorry, 34 13. Mm-hmm. They ended up walloping the Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, I want to give Cincinnati credit. You hung in there and actually led after a quarter. No <laughs> one thought that was possible. I think the Bengals should get at least uh, a half of a win for doing that. It's the small victories, right? Yeah. They, they count too. Uh, Speaking of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, where are you at with where New England is now at 11-3? and three? I think that they're a team that you have to put invest a lot of stock in. Like, look, they're not a team that you can count out until they give you a reason to. And I don't care about this whole videotaping thing. It's a bigger deal than I think it should be. Like, look, this is what they do. And if they were going to cheat, you think they'd maybe be a little bit better than doing the thing that they did, what, like 15 years ago, the first time? If the Patriots are going to cheat and they're obsessed with being the best at everything, they're going to cheat a lot better than just simply videotaping somebody on the sideline. I got to give them credit. To actually make the effort to cheat against the Bengals, I mean... That's a week that you could take off from cheating, and they just didn't want to take off a week from cheating. They just, you know, we're going to cheat every week. We're New England. No I actually off. find it. I actually find it completely disgusting. And 
whatever rules Roger Goodell would like to put in to actually penalize the Patriots, repeat offender for the zillionth time, like you don't have any draft picks next year, I'd be on board with it. I find it gross. But again, we live in a world, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, no biggie. They film the sidelines. Everyone's trying to do something. New England's just better at it. I, I, I hate it, but it's also... I guess the reality of professional sports on some level. Filming the sidelines, though, like, look, I'm not going to get into the finer details of it, but aren't football games filmed? They're yeah. on television. They right, show but, the, the coaches but, on the sidelines all the time. And if you're filming just the coaches, like we saw the videotape, we're seeing if we see hand signals. What does that mean for the play? We're not seeing the play, the field of play. Like I, I, I don't, I don't. I'm not as upset about this as a lot of people are because it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to football. It's not the worst thing that the Patriots have ever done. It, it's, it's not that big of a deal. This it, is not football Watergate. It's because it's them and 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 yeah, the optics are not good. But at the same time, let's just breathe a little bit. Out of our noses, not no, out of our mouths uh, so much. And I, I, I don't want to breathe. I actually want to have <laughs> no breathing in uh, New England. I, and nothing will happen, but no. I'm, on the, I'm in the camp that I hope something, something will happen. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, well okay. So, well, hold on. So, well, okay, you just had the, ra- the Ravens there. Now we got the... Uh, well, the Ravens are the best team in football, but it wouldn't be the first time that the best team in football didn't win the Super Bowl. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And the Detroit Lions, 38-17 Tampa. Jameis Winston, the story here. Yep. Four touchdown passes. And the future of Jameis continues to be hotly debated. Yes. Uh, will Tampa plug their nose and say, you know what? We're not going to do any better. Let's roll with Jameis for, I don't know, at least yeah. one more year. Maybe, th- maybe more. I think we're getting to a point now where the nose doesn't need to be plugged. And I don't know if I'm like gaslighting myself into just wanting this because I know this is what's going to happen. But this was a quintessential Jameis game. Okay, He throws an interception on the first drive. But over the course of the game, he throws a boatload of touchdowns, breaks a franchise record, which he set for most uh, touchdowns in a season. The team breaks its own franchise record for most points scored in a season, and they win this game. They almost score 40 points on the road against the Lions. This is a quintessential Jameis game. This is what you want to see out of him all the time. I feel like we can maybe get one more year to see if this is the Jameis we can get. Because like you said, I don't think the Bucs can do any better at least next year. You're not going to draft the guy and you're not going to start over. You're not going to replace him with a veteran. And if you let Jameis go, he could go to a different system that might fit him. And then all of a sudden they tap into potential, which is clearly there. He's setting franchise records, but he's having a terrible season. He's impossible to figure out. He's an enigma. But I think the Buccaneers need to stick with him. Arians, uh, Byron Leftwich, they know what they're doing. Jason Light got an extension. He's the guy that drafted Jameis, so he's going to stick around as long as Light's there. There's enough potential within Jameis to get one more year out of it and not feel entirely gross. This is the type of game that we want to see where, okay, fine, throw the interception on the first drive, but then proceed to throw four touchdowns, win the game. Nobody cares about that interception all of a sudden. 
Bucks and Jameis with an opportunity to uh, mess up the Houston Texans this week. And, yeah, uh, that'll be big. So that's uh, that'll be interesting. Yep. All right, and speaking, uh, well, we'll get to the Texans in a second. Actually, let's go with the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, 21-13. Hill smiling because he knows I'm a Bears oh, fan. Yeah. Speaking and, of quarterbacks. <laughs> and, 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 and the Bears season is officially over eliminated by the Packers just like they eliminated Green Bay last year which is kind of amazing the Bears ever did that Mm -hmm. but they did Uh, so moving forward for the Chicago Bears I'm talking to myself here but I'll ask you the question what is your biggest concern is it the offensive line which is playing uh, on the right side two guys that well one has been on four teams and another Rashad Coward was a def- was a defensive lineman before they flipped him, um, so that's an issue. Maybe that's what you focus on in the offseason. Another thing you could focus on in the offseason would be the quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, Mitchell Trubisky, but I think the Bears are going to roll with Trubisky and yeah. not, not give him an extension, but I think he'll be back, would be my guess. The other side of it for me is the, uh, the, the Bears and their play calling and Matt Nagy, I think that's the yeah. – uh, how do you – Go into the offseason and look at what can we do differently as far as getting this offense to be more consistent. And I think Matt needs to give up play calling. I don't know if he will. Uh, I don't think he will either. And I think that Matt Nagy is the problem at the moment. It's really a what are we mad at this week type of situation where it's the kicker, it's the quarterback, it's the coach. It's always something with the Bears. But it's concerning. And the thing that's concerning about Matt Nagy is after the game, Mitchell Trubisky throws him under the bus. And that's a problem because there's been only one person in the entire universe that has stood by Mitchell Trubisky for as bad as he's been, for as inconsistent as he's been, for as much of an anchor as he's been to this team. That's Matt Nagy. And the first opportunity Trubisky gets, he throws Nagy under the bus and starts questioning the play calling. Are you kidding me? Well, he's also thrown the offensive line under the bus. And he doesn't, if you said this to him, by the way, he'd look at you cross-eyed. He's just, uh, and, and maybe you don't need to be super intelligent to play quarterback in the NFL, perhaps. But Mitchell Trubisky has proven himself, for lack of a better word, just to... to, to, Well, I'll I'll be nicer about it. Just not the sharpest knife in the drawer. That's all I'll say uh, about about Mitch. And and then to me, that's a problem. But I also think that if used properly, Trubisky can be a serviceable quarterback. And I I think the Bears need to figure that out. You're not going to move on from him. No. And so let him use his legs more. Don't worry about him getting hurt. This is what this is. His skill set is to get out of the pocket, make him a dual threat quarterback, do it consistently and live with the results. And and Matt should step step out of the play calling and let somebody else figure out how to do that. He should, and he needs to be a head coach because the problem with Trubisky calling out Nagy in the play calling is this is an indication that that locker room's starting to get lost. Mm. And if you look at everything that the defense has been doing this year, it's not the first time that this has happened. The Jaguars had an incredibly good defense, but they had a garbage quarterback. The head coach didn't step in, and all of a sudden Jalen Ramsey's getting traded because he's a problem. You've got all these guys on defense who are saying... What are we even trying for? And you're, you, there's a rift that begins, and now the Jaguars are what they are. They're going to fire their head coach. They're going to have to move on. They're trying to figure it out. It's not the first time that a head coach not taking control of a situation is going to completely derail things. And it wouldn't be the first time. It would be the most bears thing to have happen, too. You've got this generationally great defense, and what throws it all off the rails? A head coach who can't keep his quarterback in line and a quarterback who's not good enough to have his head coach have faith in him. I mean, if, if things go sideways next year, it could get ugly. But I don't, I don't think Not this off. You know, this offseason, it's fine. But this is a problem that needs to be solved right. sooner rather than later. All right, let's move on. The Houston Texans. And the Tennessee Titans, this was a big, big game in the South. Uh, and the Texans 
despite two big time interceptions in the red zone from Deshaun yep. Watson. Uh, they survive. They come back late uh, to get Tennessee 24, 21. And now I now listen, they got to play them again. Yep. And, and they got to take on Tampa on a short week. So the division's not completely decided, but uh, certainly the Texans are in the driver's seat. Yeah. And I mean, the AFC South continues to be fascinating to see who's going to win that. The, the Titans, it's a game that I think that now people are going to, cool off a little bit on the Ryan Tannehill stuff, which I don't necessarily think is the right thing to do. I think that's a little bit knee-jerk. But before heading into this game, it was, oh, we got to extend him. This whole new Ryan Tannehill has been discovered in Tennessee. And then you go out and you lose a game that you need Ryan Tannehill to play well enough in that you win. This is a statement game for him and the Titans, and they lose. Like you said, they get another opportunity. They get another shot at the Texans. So we'll see what happens. It's in Houston, though. So that's going to be tough. And it's going to be even more important Assuming that Houston beats Tampa Bay like they should and Tennessee wins next week as well, that game just got incredibly tougher for Ryan Tannehill and the Titans to win. But kudos to the Texans, who have been up and down and uneven all year long. They beat the Patriots and they get whacked by the Broncos. Now they come back and all of a sudden they're back in the driver's seat in the AFC South. A little bit of an enigma themselves. And uh, Titans with a very tough game this week against the Saints. So we'll see if that, that... game ends up meaning anything in week 17 uh, but it very well might all right chiefs uh, roll past the broncos 23 to 3 kansas city looks like uh, they are getting their mojo back they're coming to chicago this week we'll see how many what, what the bears decide to do is with who's playing and who's not playing i'm assuming they will be on the field but kansas city looks like they're back in business fair enough to say i don't know i mean they played the broncos the broncos aren't a very good team so i wouldn't invest too much stock in this uh, I mean, they're in the playoffs. We'll see what they look like when they get there. Beating the Broncos now, but losing to the Patri- the Patriots or the Steelers or the Ravens or the Bills in the playoffs. Who cares if you win now? I love Arrowhead in the snow. That's, it was very, it was a very cool football aesthetic. It, it was a that good was cool. it was a good visual Sunday. So uh, Kansas City got up to ten wins now on the year. We go to the Giants. And the Dolphins, 36-20, Eli's farewell to New York. The tears were out. And uh, listen, phenomenal career, Mm -hmm. two Super Bowls. It, it it has dragged on here at the end a little bit to, to, but but you know i i thought that was a a great ending for eli at least on the home on, on the home turf yeah and i don't know if his career is necessarily going to continue after this he really doesn't have anything else to prove like he got back to the 500 winning percentage for his career by beating the dolphins Woo! which is easy that, that, that's eli to the core that is manning <laughs> face for a career but i think you know he's a hall of fame quarterback that's that he's going to get in. I don't know if he's a first ballot guy, but the, he's definitely going to get in because he's got a bunch of things going for him. He's got the name Manning. Sure. You're not going to keep a Manning out of the Hall of Fame if he's won two Super Bowls, which Eli's done. And he's had enough of a career where he's 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 contributed to the game to the point where he deserves to be in Canton. And in the, the Hall of Fame should be a story of football. It shouldn't necessarily be this guy got X amount of stats over his career. In 50, 100, 200 years, when you look back at the game of football, you're going to talk about Eli Manning. No, you're not. You are. You're going to talk about Eli Manning, the Patriot killer, his career, what he did in New York. You might He's say, a, I can't believe career. the Patriots didn't have seven Super Bowls because they lost a freaking Eli Manning. And you're, and you're talking about him 200 years from now. Eli was important to the game of football. Uh, we shouldn't get bogged down in the X's and O's of this. He had two touchdowns and three interceptions in his last home game, and we're celebrating him. He got cheered off the field. 
Go, His family Eli. met him in the tunnel. It was an incredible story. Eli, you get yours. It okay. was great. Let's Thank enjoy you. things for a little bit. Okay. I just want to remind you, Hill, that nobody's ever going to talk about anyone in the future. Who are all- Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. We're all going to be forgotten in in (laughs) dust, and and Eli will be in that same pile. But let's move on. Uh, That got morose real fast. Let's (laughs) let's move on to the Eagles and the Redskins, 37-27. The Eagles get it done in D.C., so they're 7-7. So are the Cowboys. We'll talk about them coming up. They face each other this week. That's the best game of the week. Why the... NFL is not flexing out the Bears and the Chiefs and putting them on Sunday night football. I don't know, uh, but Philly did what they had to do. They did. Well, the, the Bears, the, the Bears-Chiefs game is staying because NBC is not letting go of Mahomes. That's, that's why they're keeping that. But they should flex into the Eagles-Cowboys game because it's going to basically be for the division, which is incredible considering the Eagles didn't look great for most of this game and they come back and they win, avoid the upset, 7-7. Seven and seven. So, like, Woo! look, I'm still unsure of how I feel about the Eagles. I'm even more unsure about how I feel about the Cowboys. We can get to them in a second. This is the most unsexy division race I've seen in a very long time. There's still a chance that this, I mean, this isn't going to go well for the Cowboys or the Eagles, and specifically the Eagles. They can look really good. Like Carson Wentz had that incredible pass where it's just he's threading the needle to the back of the end zone. And they can also look like what they've looked like the most for most of this year, which is just underwhelming incredibly bad but credit to them for having the depth and the longevity to stay in this race as long as they have we'll see if they can actually pull it off next week. i'm here for the drama and uh hey philly's got a home game here i, th- I think they're i think they're a clear favorite uh going uh, into next week but we shall see let's do seattle and the carolina panthers the seahawks get it done on the road again where they've been incredible um and now 11 and 3 they are right there with uh, your San Francisco 49ers who stunningly lost to the Falcons. So yep. Seattle has a chance to uh, have home field here, which is pretty impressive. They've got the number one seed right now. So yeah. and this is the second time that they've flip-flopped from being a wild-card team into having first-round bye. So Seattle's not been great at home, though. So, I mean, they, they haven't lost a lot at home, but they almost lost to the, to the Rams. They almost lost to the Bengals early on in the season. They did lose to the Ravens. They did lose to the uh, Saints. This is not the home field advantage of yesteryear, where the Legion of Boom 12th man home field advantage that the Seahawks are used to. I still wouldn't want to go in and play Seattle, but I also wouldn't want to play Seattle in general in the playoffs because you don't, you don't know what you're going to get. Pete Carroll continues to put together teams that we count out at the beginning of the year. They don't have enough offense for Russell Wilson. They don't have enough of a defense. And here they are with the number one seed. It's incredible what the Seahawks have been able to do. And it's even more incredible how we continue to underrate Pete Carroll for the job that he does every single year to make this team literally the best team in the NFC right now. That's that's wild. Well, listen, one thing about the Seahawks, tremendous balance. Tremendous. They they thirty four rushing attempts yesterday. Okay, and how many times do they do they throw it? Uh, It was thirty twenty nine times they Mm -hmm. throw the football. So you're you're talking about you. 
just a, just a team that comes out there, controls the clock, has a quarterback who doesn't turn it over. Yeah, uh, great head coach. They're gonna be. They're Seattle's a straight problem, mm-hmm. um, and they and they get it done on the road to Carolina. I mean, I know it's been a rough year for the Panthers and. Kyle Remember Allen. when Kyle Allen stole Cam Newton's job? I, I, I do. I do. This yeah. is the week that Cam Newton got it back. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. that, and that's probably a good thing for the Panthers, I suppose, yeah. going forward. Although that'll be interesting. You think Cam back with Carolina next I year? I think so. Okay. All right. Jaguars beat the Raiders 20-16. to 16. The boos were out in Oakland for Derek Carr. Uh, maybe a little bit shot. Some of those boos were cascading towards uh, Coach Gruden as well. Uh, the Raiders are 6-8. Mm-hmm. and eight. The Jaguars are 5-9. and nine. Thoughts? Uh, well, it was the last home game for the Raiders before they moved to Las Vegas. Ouch. And Raiders fans deserved a lot better than this. So I think some of the booing was a manifestation of just the anger that fans have felt. Because look, when teams move, when the Rams moved to Los Angeles, when the Chargers moved, when teams have moved before, it is in front of empty stadiums. They play their final game in front of maybe the diehards that are coming out to say goodbye, which is maybe like a couple thousand fans at most. The Raiders were packing that stadium. These fans love the Raiders, okay? And they love them enough to boo them in their last game, okay? This is their farewell. This is the thanks for the memories, thanks for the dreams. It's been an emotional journey moment. And they're like, screw you. I can't believe you guys lost this game. That is passion that they're leaving behind. You're not going to find that in Las Vegas. I'm sorry, you're just not going to. So the, the real tragedy, the real loss here is that the boos were more meaningful than anything that the Raiders are going to get in Las Vegas, which is going to be a tourist attraction to the end of the day. I think there's some level of Oakland Raider fan thinking, ah, you left before and you came back. You'll be back here eventually. This Vegas thing's Maybe. not going to work out. Maybe. Of course, that's probably not going to be the case. And um, hey. It's a tragedy. It Those is, fans it is. don't deserve this. It, it is. It is. It's a football tragedy. It absolutely is. The Raiders belonged in Oakland, belong in Oakland. And uh, yeah, they're going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. It's disgusting and gross, and I hate it. Uh, and I've hated it for three years now. All right. Cardinals, 38. Browns, 24. Uh, Baker and company going down in flames here. One of the biggest disappointments in the NFL this year. Although I would, I yeah. would, I would put the Bears actually ahead of the Browns because uh, I thought that Cleveland just there was a hype train going there that didn't really add up. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people thought this was going to be the Browns' year and uh, they're going to end up under 500 most likely. They are. And I think uh, I'm in between here because we are usually a year ahead on the hype train. And then I think the Browns will be fine next year. We've done this before. But now I think I wonder if the hype train was so strong and moving so fast with such momentum before this year that it all just resets this offseason. We're like, look, they were bad last year, so that means they have to be good this year. The problem is Baker's looked really bad this year. Freddie Kitchens has not looked like a great head coach, and they're sticking with both of those guys. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't. You might as well ride it out. But it is a little irresponsible if you're the Browns and you're not going to take a look at a Ron Rivera or a Mike McCarthy or a Jay Gruden. At least put those phone calls in to say this week that you're sticking with Freddie Kitchens long term. While that may be a good faith gesture for Freddie Kitchens, you might be doing some favors there and maybe easing some stress. I think it's a little irresponsible if you want to turn this franchise around to not use Rivera, Gruden or McCarthy against Kitchens and say, hey, man, you want to show us something to say that we're, we shouldn't go and ask these guys what they're doing? Because if I'm McCarthy or I'm one of these guys and I want to be the guy that turns around the Browns, that's a pretty good legacy to have. Pittsburgh started it. Pits- yeah. Look, look, 
I don't see how the Browns bring back Freddie Kitchens. That's that 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 makes no sense to me. No. So I and I don't necessarily trust the rhetoric either. I'll believe it when I see it that he's actually back for 2020. Yep. But uh, you know, look, the other, the biggest problem for me with Cleveland, you believe in Baker Mayfield. I, I believe in Baker Mayfield. I, I believe in the culture, okay. which is why if you bring in Ron Rivera, who's that a would help. C culture guy, that, he changes everything. He's not going to be there for anybody's BS. That, that, you that need would, that. That would help. Um, but I don't know. I, I just I I don't know where you go. I think you have to ride with Baker. But I I, I if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm a betting man, if I'm buying or if I'm a stock market guy, buying or selling Baker. Baker has been sold, and I'll sell him again. Let's go Vikings and the Chargers. Minnesota mm-hmm. thirty nine. The L A Chargers ten. Uh, the Vikings are looking right at Green Bay and coming for them. They they play them this yep. week. Uh, right now, I think Minnesota looks like the best team in the North. The Packers are wobbly. Yeah, the Packers have looked up and down all season long. Like they'll look good, and then they'll play a game against the Chargers in which they lay a complete dud. And they should have blown out the Bears, but then we're one crazy play away from Amon having to tie a game at the end of that game, and that's at Lambeau. Right. Okay. So that shouldn't happen there. The Vikings could sneak. I mean, everybody's sleeping on the Vikings a little bit. They could end up with the number two seed. Like they win next week against Green Bay, all of a sudden things are flipping around. So don't sleep on the Vikings. Don't sleep on Kirk Cousins, who's been dogged a lot this year. I know I've dogged them. You've been on the Kirk Cousins train a lot longer than most people have been. I, I have given I the Vikings in the middle of the season figured out how to work win with mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, and he was a, a, a standard efficient Kirk Cousins self yesterday. Didn't and somehow Minnesota puts up thirty nine points when he's nineteen for twenty five and doing nothing sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, my guy Afadi Odenabo, Northwestern Wildcat, picking up a <laughs> fumble recovery and returning at fifty six yards. That was that was beautiful to see. Go Cats! Efficient Kirk Cousins. If you get that first round by, if you're the two seed near the Vikings, you need three efficient games out of Kirk Cousins and, and you I, win a Super Bowl. And I think I think you'll get it. I really do. Yeah. He's uh, there's they they figured it out up there. 84 and, million dollars well spent if that happens. I, I guess it, no, I mean certainly the way look you got to pay the pay the pay the going rate and that's what it is at the NFL for quarterbacks. Yeah. All right. Dallas uh showed up finally. Yeah. Uh Jason Garrett, good job man. You needed this one against the Rams who were fighting for their playoff lives and got smoked dallas 44 the rams 21 which sets up this week with the eagles um i don't know where this puts the rams in 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 deep doo-doo but uh, that was an impressive job by dallas where this the question is where does this put jason garrett we've been doing this song and dance for an entire decade nowhere uh, yet it, it this it i mean i think it, uh, listen i think it comes down to this week but it, uh, it, it comes, keeps him alive yeah if, if he would if the cowboys win the division with jason garrett and they're hosting a home game, a home playoff game mm-hmm. in January. I mean, if you would have looked, if you would have, you know, read the internet this week and looked at Twitter, Urban Meyer is already coaching the Cowboys. But here we are, Jason Garrett, he's going to coach this team to the playoffs. And this is what we've been doing this entire decade where he's dead and buried. They've got a replacement already for him. There's no way Jerry's going to bring him back. And then something like this happens and he wins his way into keeping a job. I don't know if... It ain't going to happen this time. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, even if you win the division and you get to that playoff game, short of winning a Super Bowl, I think enough has built up 
that the Cowboys can move on from Jason Garrett because lo- having a job in football for a decade, usually not a good thing, especially when you're a middle of the road, mediocre guy like Jason Garrett. However, I will say this, the Cowboys, the coaching staff, the roster, it got a lot better when Jason Garrett got hired. So we can make fun of him for being a clapper and for just being this guy who smiles on the sideline, but he has made the Cowboys the kind of team that can do this. That's Jason Garrett. So give him credit. Let's If we're going to dog him and make fun of him and fire him prematurely, let's give him credit where it's due. I hear Dallas fans screaming, it's not premature. He should have been fired five years ago. Editorial director Josh Hill. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see what happens this week with uh, the Eagles in Philly. All right. Biggest surprise of the week. The Atlanta Falcons going into San Francisco and beating the 49ers 29-22. Matt Ryan still playing with pride. And the Niners just threw their entire playoff number one seating into the old trash can and, yeah. and with some work available to do. But that this was, this was not what you expected. No, I mean, they still control their destiny to the number one seed because they play against the Seahawks in week 17 and that could be it's on the road though so. all the marbles and they've already lost too so there's a problem there but they get the Rams up this week and then they get the Seahawks and the Seahawks get the Cardinals and then they get the 49ers so that there's a lot that can still happen at the top of the NFC with that number one seed because Green Bay wins out and let's say the 49ers lose to the Rams and then the Seahawks lose to the 49ers Lambo is where the road to the Super Bowl goes through so there's a lot that can still happen the thing with this is if you're the 49ers, what the hell? Like, you just went in and you beat the Saints in New Orleans in one of the best games we've seen this decade. NFL's a week-to-week league, Hill. It is, and that's the, that's the sad thing is I don't know what to take away from this. Was this just a bad game that yes. they had? Yes, But then why are you having a bad game after you just came off of this? You control the number one seed, which you still do to a degree, but you could have locked things up against a very bad Falcons team who is on the road, West Coast, nothing to play for. I just This is such a frustrating loss for the 49ers. I don't understand what it is. It's the kind of loss that's actually incredibly troubling because if you have this now and you're going into the postseason with this kind of sour taste, with this kind of approach, now they're missing Richard Sherman, they're missing a couple of guys, so I don't want to read too much into it, but it's concerning that they lose the way that they did to who they lost to. Which, well, by the way, Atlanta, enjoy Dan Quinn next year. He's coming back. Emotional roller coaster and uh, just, uh, I think, a flat Niners team and dealing with some injuries as well. But uh, we'll see. Heck of a time to have a bad game. That, that is a bad dud to lay. Sure. Uh, and we wrap up our Week 15 with the Buffalo Bills, who everyone has underrated. And they go into Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers are not a great football team, but they've been winning games. And Buffalo gets it done. That defense, strong, doing enough. 17-10. The Bills are a 10-win football team. Congratulations, Buffalo. You are uh, you are most definitely in the playoffs, and you are a, uh, a candidate to be... Uh, you know, win a game at least, and, yeah. and and maybe surprise even more. Who knows? I mean, they 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 certainly um, are. It's it's not sexy, but but Buffalo, they control the clock, and and they and they then look to win in Pittsburgh is an accomplishment for the Bills. They, I mean, the Bills are fantastic. The Bills are one of the most underrated teams in football. I said this before the season that they were going to be this kind of surprise wild card contender, and you know if. Josh Allen doesn't get knocked out of that Patriots game earlier this year and they're down 16 to 10 and the last drive is in Matt Barkley's hands. If that's in Josh Allen's hands, we might be having a different conversation about wild card. We might be talking about the division 
for the for the Bills. And that's incredible because this is a franchise that has been down in the dumps for so long. Everybody makes fun of them. Even this year when they're doing good, the easy, the crutch a lot of lazy people want to lean on is, oh, Josh Allen isn't good. Josh Allen isn't. He's not doing anything that great. Another- um, I'm sorry. They're a 10-win team. They're in the playoffs. I don't want to play the Bills in the playoffs. I know there's going to be a lot made about, oh, the Chiefs are a better team. The Texans are a better team. The Patriots are a better team. Playing against Buffalo in the postseason when all they got to do is play one good game at a time and they're a weird matchup, that's dangerous. I I love the Bills. I hope they go on a run. (laughs) They got a shot at it. And Josh Allen, the numbers, again, were not sexy, but he led a fourth quarter scoring drive to win the football game. the defense looked good. The defense was really, really good. And I don't want to hear any of this about, oh, they were playing against a third-string quarterback. They They were going up against a Mike Tomlin coached team. And that's never, as we've seen this season, regardless of who's playing quarterback, either you or I could be playing quarterback. If Mike Tomlin's coaching that team, the Steelers are really good. So this was a signature win in prime time for the Bills. Give them all the credit in the world. I love seeing it. Way to go, Buffalo. All right, that'll wrap up our week 15. Two weeks to go, and the playoffs are coming into focus. Josh Hill, our editorial director. Have a great week 16. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.